Hey, what happened to you today? No, nah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling that. You can tell it. the story. Come no, on. you no. were on the toilet. I was not having a shit with my top off. Yeah. And like like you have a naked Costanza shit. style. Uh, yeah, I wasn't having a naked shit. Right, and okay. and then what happened? And and a, and a spider didn't <laughs> crawl on my back while I was having a naked <laughs> shit. Oh it didn't happen. God. It didn't happen. Just thinking about it, Kim. And did you have? Did if you think you've, you've ever have had, if you think of the the most fear you've had in your life, you times that by at least ten. <laughs> That's the fear that I had. But and yeah. if you think of the loudest screech you've ever heard in your life. Then times that by 100. I, I would have paid just, any amount of money to see that. The to image. See. I was, was waving big, my was hand. Was it, was, it <laughs> was it a big hairy fucking thing? It or? was heavy, man. It was he- it was as heavy as this vase. And it was on my back. And it just started crawling down my back. And I was just a bit like, what's going on here? I can feel something on my back. And then I just jerried. When, it, when, I, when I felt the legs going down my back, I was like, hey, I was waving. How often do you shit naked? Don't anyway. tell me you don't shit naked, man. Not, like you know. No, I don't. I don't. I get, I get cold. You just take the top, top off, on. and you know. Just <laughs> While everyone has that visual, let's go. Yeah. Podcast. 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 Are we doing a podcast? We're sushi mango. When I was your age, I was Samaya. Who are you? Ah, you like my salami? Yeah? Sushi mango saucy meatballs podcast. A podcast not about meatballs. Why do we call it that? I hate it. It's just stupid. Or a red start. Don't be shit. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> Enjoy the podcast. A podcast. Yo. Hey, bopity boop it Yeah. You, <laughs> you want to try and do a new one. Every right? time. Hey, just last second I thought of that one. <laughs> What's happening? Do, do you think a guy should wear a purple top? I was going to mention the, the, the. I mean, it's the, a Lakers. The, the violet. But it's very it's, it's bright. It's a lavender. It's a lavender. Because last week you guys looked like the Wiggles. La- yeah, we did. Right. We had the, I, had a, I had like a. We had the blue. Blue. It's a great top, by the way. Great top. And the yellow. And it's actually really two yellow. really good tops, but together. Yeah, but you shouldn't be worn at the same time. It was like you were united Where for, we, for the have Ukraine. Have you noticed we're, <laughs> 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 we're representing Ukraine? <laughs> unity for Ukraine. Now, but if you notice, we, we're getting more colourful and more stuff on our tops lately. Well, uh, yeah, because I think we're bored. You know, like how many we, times we did you wear a black like, t-shirt? Yeah, well, you were born, not, I, think, not I think, with a black Bonds top on. <laughs> you came out and it was black Bonds. I've been wearing those things for. You've got a Bonds top, years. man, that is so pilled. <laughs> it looks like a dirty rag. Well, if, so, if and I, you still if wear I it. Take my top off. I've still got the the tanned lines of it. Back in shape the shape of a Bonds top <laughs> on. Yeah, no, nah, so it it just passes. It. I think it just gets by. Yeah. Anyway, very excited about today. Roll it. Today we welcome a celebrated actress, comedian, writer and creator of the iconic character Effie. We have been graced by her amazing talent for over 30 years on stage, the big screen and the comfort of your own living rooms. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Logie Award winner, the queen of WOG comedy and Australia's biggest buffet, Mary Kustis. Oh the, my god! So good to be here. Come yeah. on, come on! The oh. one everyone has been waiting for and requesting more than you know. Why is it taking so long to get you here? Because no, I'm on living own. somewhere else. She's living over there. Over Ooh. there, up up nose part. Over there. <laughs> <laughs> over the there. Sydney. Uh, shout out to all our Sydney peeps. NSW. Yeah. Represent. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. Yeah. How are you guys doing? We're all right. Yeah, we're good. all right. Well, oh, it's good to see you. Outside the uh, spider on my back. Yeah, wow. 
Yeah, it was. Um, did you enjoy that visual? I did. <laughs> I did. It was the shit first, the naked yeah. second. <laughs> At women, we feel hair falls off and yeah. you feel a hair on your back and you think, oh, my God, there's something there and then you just think it's, it's just a hair. But in hair. your case, it was a spider. Do you, do you suffer from arachnophobia? It's no. arachnophobia, no. right? Is that what it's no. called? You, you're not scared of spiders? No, I'm not. But I have friends who have hang, been hang in LA. Hang on, that's a big call. You're not afraid of... No, a no, a huntsman. Yeah, you no. mean like just a, like a normal, ugly, but but non, you know, venomous spider? spider? Yeah. No. Oh, no, well, I trap them in Tupperware and release them into the wild. That's what Carla does. Oh, I, did that. Nice. I, didn't, I didn't kill it. I, yeah, ki- yeah. I kill everything. I didn't <laughs> kill the spider. I kept the it spider. Crawls, I kill everything. I grabbed the toilet paper <laughs> after I wiped my ass and stuff. Again. <laughs> <laughs> so we needed to know that. Thank you very much. <laughs> I washed my hands You're thoroughly. You're very busy. Okay. And then I grabbed the spider with toilet paper. Still naked. And yelling. And I ran to the balcony and I threw it over the balcony. And he was on it the balcony. It probably died on impact on when it hit the floor. Yeah, but right. He's on the, the balcony was naked too, so his neighbours were very happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> more sad. Um, no, so, so good to see you, man. Yeah. How you been? I've been really good. You've been good? Yeah, I've been good. You've been you back know? out and about again? Out and about, um, touring. You You're touring. Uh, you know, I had, yes. uh, like like you guys, had to delay a tour that mm-hmm. was on and then it was mm-hmm. delayed. and you know. So I had some effy shows, mm-hmm. a show called Better Out Than In that mm-hmm. I've been touring, mm-hmm. which is oh, about COVID. Right. Yes. Um, and her way of dealing with all that we all had to deal with. So there was that show. And then I um, I wrote a show that I'd been scared to write, but I finally got round to writing, which was uh, a Mary show, which I did at the Opera House, and that was called This yes. Is Personal. Uh, yes. that, that's, yes. Is that the first time you performed as Mary and not Effie? The whole show, yeah. The whole show. Yeah. And you were afraid... Because I was afraid because you know, like when you act, you think you're supposed to put on bits, right? Mm. Accents and wardrobe and change the way you walk and talk and all those sorts of things. And to to peel back the onion and just to be exposed like that with none of that trickery there was pretty daunting. That was, yeah. liber- I suppose, it would have been very liberating for you once you got through the first one, right? It, it was, um, you know, like I I, I was uh, very lucky to um, bring in someone that I knew could help me. Um, piece the story together because it was as dramatic as it was comic. Um, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I suppose in some ways it was. You know, it was storytelling, but it had a an element of tension to it. Okay. And um, and then there was uh, yeah there was a lot of elements to it. And I brought in Chris Anastasiadis, who oh, you yep. guys know, yep. mm-hmm. who uh, was uh, part of Acropolis Now with us at the beginning as a writer and script editor, and then went on to do the Bog Boys yep. and and all those great things. But separate to that. Um, has written a lot of great films and been nominated for, you know, a lot of Indigenous films that he's um, very close to the community and knows how to tell those stories brilliantly. Mm. And so I brought Chris in to help me with this because this was unlike anything I'd ever done before. And as you guys know, I have a husband that's uh, very passionate and blunt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who likes to write NF on all my scripts. Not funny, not funny, oh, not no. funny. Oh, no. Isn't that the worst? Uh, but it's good. You need a no person. Yeah, you know, you yeah. Can't Shout have out just to uh, Yorgo. Yorgo. Yeah. Um, so he was sort of overseeing the, what Chris and I did. And, and in the end, I created something that was better than what I hoped for. So, that's you know, so good. Absolutely spewing we didn't get to see it. You'll see it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah we're it's planning coming? a tour. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh excellent. That was yeah. my next question. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. So when, when is it? Well, you know, everything's been uh, to, to steal dates. Mm. Thanks, guys. No, no, I'm not, doing, <laughs> I'm not doing arenas on my own. Could you imagine a speck? You know, I think I saw her. Yeah, she was there. <laughs> <Is it> her? 
um, yeah, no, a lot of dates are tricky to get, especially a run. Yeah, of course. Because so many of the shows have been pushed into this yeah. year as opposed to the last couple. Yeah, well, they're all trying but to jam happening. pack it. Jam but so it won't be far away. It yeah. won't be far away. Okay, well, we'll we'll make sure that we share it and do all the love that we Thank could. Thank you. So, but because that was one of the things with the Effie show you did now, what, four years ago? Yeah, Effie the Virgin Bride. The Virgin Bride. Yeah. That's yes. the one we saw yeah. at the co- uh, comedy, comedy theatre. Theater. Yeah. Theater. Yes. Love that. Yes. And then you got that, there was that raw part yeah. at the end yeah. where you sort of came out as yourself and, and, and... Yeah, the unexpected bit. Make them laugh and make them think the show's finished. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, and you, you know, hit them in the guts. Yeah. That part at the end that was, was really was, lovely, that story. It was. It was. It's true. That was before we actually did Fifty Shades of Ethnic, it right? It was. We didn't, yeah. Yes. And I, I remember going to see that show and thinking, this is amazing, one-woman show, but it didn't feel like it was a one-woman show. Yeah. I think that was before Star Wars. It, it was. was. It was before it Star Wars. It was. You came and saw it. Nick asked you to come and see it, right? It was before Star Wars. It was. right. It was. Well, uh, you know, um, it's hard to do a one-woman show, not because of all the obvious reasons, but because our audience and we share a similar audience, um, particularly the older ones, think a one-person show is a bit cheap. Yeah, yeah. They go, there's only one person. Mm. She's going to get all my money. (laughs) (laughs) Usually it's divided between five people, mate. What's going on? She's she's too rich now. You know, whereas you guys, there are three of you, that's triple the... um, That's right. That's why they come because they know we're splitting (laughs) the the value for money. It's democratic. They still sit there and go, yeah, okay, I've met many people, 50 bucks. I'd like to make a bit of coin. (laughs) But that, I don't know, I was blown away with that show. People, if anyone didn't see it... You played... Uh, Effie, you played the young, uh, your daughter, the yes. daughter of Effie. Effie, 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 that's <laughs> right. And the the character Vasily, that's the I can't remember. Vasily, but Vasily, Vasily, Vasily. I know who Vasily. I forgot um, the name. But 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 it was like the flow of it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. and you didn't stop the I whole show. It. Usually, you know, if we when we did our show together, Star Wars, can't watch it, but anyway, but when we did Star Wars together. When you were on stage, I was having a we were having a break. Yeah, yeah. You know, when Mary, we were on stage, Mary's having a break. Nick was on stage, we were all having a break. You just going bang, 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 bang the yeah. whole thing. It was. It so was. It was it, two hours. It was full on because I only had um, sometimes like a minute and a half to get out of one costume into another. Yeah. And let alone from a man. And Vasily is there's a lot of facial oh, hair yeah. and a lot of costuming out of that into Effie in a wedding dress because yeah. it was obviously the day of her wedding that the the you know the show was based on that. Uh, that was tough because there were video bits. There was no buying yeah. extra time no. or you know like you were inspiration for us. I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say we used the screen. Yeah. And we, you, when we were putting it together, we referenced your show and we're like, well, remember when. You know, Mary did this with yeah. her show. Yeah. Let's add, you know, obviously, because we're on stage we, we all want the time. Stay on stage there's all no, the there's time. no extras, yeah. so we're like, oh, like, let's use something that's gonna slot in. As so we part stole of the story. basically. Yeah, we stole exactly. the whole thing. We're not giving you any money, no. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for the for the little nugget of uh, information that we used. But you know, like, and our audiences are big, you know, movie watchers and television watchers. Yeah. They're not necessarily theatre goers. Mm. I mean, you know, Wogs out of work changed that. That yeah. was the first time they'd come to the theatre to see. Anything that they could relate to. Mm. And from then on, they've been waiting for shows 
shows like that to come out yeah. so they can go and have that collective live experience again. The, you know, they're music people, they're television and cinema people. So, you know, to put a screen up and give them something on a screen where they're equally as entertained while something else happens mm. is is natural for them as an audience to go, okay, I'm going to watch this for a minute and then yeah. they'll come back and, you know, it buys you the time to do what you have to do. So no. Talking about wogs, wogs out of work... Tell us. Well, yeah, I was gonna tell us about about that because we had Nick in here, and Nick's very big fan. He was praises you to the ends of the earth, um, and he said that uh, you know on two occasions that you brought so much energy into the pro- project. One being Acropolis now, the other one being Wogs Out of Work. How did you? How did you that come about for you? Well. Um you know, uh, I met Nick, I waitressed in this really dodgy place in St Kilda and one night, it was a Saturday night, Nick came in with someone he'd um, studied at acting school with and he and I served him and I didn't know him, he didn't know me and he said, you look familiar and then we worked out, we went to the same primary school, same Greek school. Oh, okay. I mean, it's mental. And not only that, Chris Anastasiadis, who I mentioned earlier, went to that same primary school and so did Alexi Velas, the film director. There was just this, I don't know what was in the water apart mm. from bad stuff. Collingwood. <laughs> was in Collingwood, huh? Collingwood, Richmond mm. gave birth to like some, you know, like key pillars in our generation of people who do stuff, mm. right? Great stuff. Yeah. So well, That's um, where all the wogs came when they came to Australia, yeah? Yeah. Collingwood, Richmond, Port Melbourne. That's right. Yeah. And so from there, um, we struck up a conversation and he said, what do you do? And I said, I've just finished, I just graduated from acting school. He had as well a different one. And on and on. And um, we both, the first thing we did together was we both auditioned for a role for a theatre company that I'd seen at second year while I was at uni studying. And uh, we both auditioned. They didn't care whether it was male or female, but they wanted one Greek, one Italian, one Vietnamese and one Anglo. And so Nick and I spent a day in this big room with lots of different people doing scenes together. So we knew there was great chemistry. And we were sort of trained in very similar ways. And, you know, so there was something great. So when Wogs Out of Work, you know, came along, it was a natural fit. Although I wasn't as naturally um, comical as he was. I I remember, and I know you guys did this, and I did this. In retrospect, with you guys, I was watching from the wings. Because mm. Wogs Out of Work was a series of monologues. There were two guys and a girl. And there was monologue first guy, monologue second guy, girl part, uh, the factory scene between yeah, the yeah, two mothers. Yeah, yeah. And then, again, monologue, monologue, monologue. And then there was a group scene at the end. So mm. you had a chance when you weren't on stage to sit in the wings or sit in the audience and watch what was happening. And what was happening was a rock show. Mm. It was unlike anything that had ever happened in the Australian theatre. It was cheering. It was stomping. Mm. It was mania. Yeah. People saw that show like seven, eight, nine, ten times, told everyone there was no social media. Everybody knew about mm. this show and it changed the cultural landscape well, of the country. Well, absolutely. Nick always so. said it went, went to go for three weeks. It went for three years or yeah, whatever right. it was. Like, it was still going now, but... It, was, it would still work today, that show, because it was brilliantly performed. The characters were great. What it commented on in society and how you know alienated we felt and our parents you know and how how uh, ill-equipped they were to move to a country as far away as this and to try make so, a living so you, you did obviously you guys did wogs out of work before acropolis yeah. now so that so once you once that started you were you on straight away at wogs out of work how'd that work um uh, you mean the, how did we go to Acropolis now from no, Wogs Out so of Work? No, so with Wogs Out of Work, yeah. 
that, that when that were, opened, yes. were you part of the? the I the, wasn't the part of the cast. original because I got the job. Going back to that first audition that I did, that Nick did, okay. I got that oh, job. You got that gig. He oh, didn't. You got it. I ah, got it. Over here, did role. So that's why he walked Simon, away. Your bit. Simon, he, our, our camera guy, he got the Vietnamese role. Vietnamese yeah. <laughs> so, so Nick walked away like all Nick bitter, walked going, away and went, "I'm going to do something," and then said, "I want you to be in this show that I'm doing because it would work." And I'm like, "But I got the job you didn't get," so I joined. Shortly, uh, you know, not long after into the run. So but I came in with my own characters and wrote. What was my the own job? So that you who got who was your character? Why? Sorry, what? who was your character in Wogs Out of Work? I played a character that Effie was based loosely on, called Poppy, and Poppy had a double life. Oh. And Poppy, at the beginning of the monologue, she you see her crawl in through the window, and she'd been out at night sneaking out of her bedroom window because I knew a lot of girls when I was growing up. I didn't that know did this. That. They, that that were the good Greek girls in front of their parents yeah. and that would go off and do whatever they did Ooh. when yeah, the parents yeah, yeah, said yeah. no. Were you one? No. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, I was very upfront. I'm, I'm a big oh, no, very big, You say as it is. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. I, I negotiate very early on in yeah. a relationship. Shout out to Yodigo again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that – and then I played a little girl character, a little Anglo-Saxon girl character that was in an oversized swing that was waiting for her dad to pick her up after school and talks about all the racial stuff oh, that was right. happening at school. Okay. Uh-huh. And um, so I got it from the Anglo perspective as well and how innocent children are and how they adopt the racism that they mm. hear at home and, and how they, they, you know, speak the truth and all of that. So is it safe to say if Nick got the job... Yeah, what's out of work might not have happened. Oh, but then that? there was, you know, like Simon had been doing a lot of stuff with yeah. George. Yep. Mm. yep, There was a good energy Tabaldi around Melbourne. Brothers, right? That's right. Tabaldi, Tabaldi Brothers, right? Tabaldi Brothers. Tabaldi Brothers. But and the thing that really sort of kicked everything, I mean, Wogs out of work was... The beginning. The be- Like, the uh, Tabaldi Brothers were around doing their thing and sure. stuff like that, but yeah. Wogs out of work really created a storm, right? Well, it was because it was so large yeah. and separate to that, it's what it spoke to. Yeah. And, and how, you know, when you see that factory scene where the two boys are playing their mothers, yeah. you get another perspective on not just what we were going through, but that other generation. Absolutely. And I think that really attracted uh, an older wog to, to that audience. Mm-hmm. So a lot of young people brought their parents. And it became a, a real sort of extended family experience. It truly was groundbreaking yeah. stuff for the time, right? It was. Yeah. It was, was there bold. any? Was there any at that time? As things evolved, I think you know, more and more cultures came to the shows. Like as we see now, we look in and we see everyone: Aussies, Indians. Back then, was it just mainly wogs? It was, but there were, you know, there's always those um, those skips who lived next door to, yeah, you know, yeah. and the ones that like always Sophie. wanted to be, yeah. Sophie. The ones that wanted to be part of the Wog crew. And the ones that were dating a Wog. Yeah, right? and yeah. married the mixed marriages and all of that. But there were certainly not, you know, you, we, we would get Lebanese and Maltese. For some reason, you guys probably get this yeah. too. Yeah. There's always, always a stack of Maltese. They're always in the front row too. Put the uh, cushions on there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, they get, the, they, they get the short end of the stick about this shortness. So from, from three years of that or yeah. however long you guys did that, yeah. okay, then, then, they got, then you guys got, well, Acropolis now yep. came along. Yeah. Okay, so how many episodes, was there like three or four episodes before Effie came in or was there more? Well, uh, you know, I had to audition to get the role that was based on, and I'd just been working with the boys for years. Oh, And my they wrote God. it for me, but I had to audition for the it. The TV execs made yep. you So you had to go through the process. So or, to, or, or was it made to appear like you were going through the no, process? No, 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 no. I literally had to do the audition. Okay. So yep. we're in um, Adelaide doing Wogs Out of Work at the Arts Centre there. And I had to fly myself in at my own expense, no problem. Go to Crawford's, which was in Nunna Wadding back then, because mm-hmm. that's the production company. 
and um, to read for a role that, you know, like it was just insane. A read for a role that you pretty, pretty much yeah. made. And, and <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting there in the waiting room and I'm seeing girls, you know how people like to dress up for an audition mm-hmm. to try look like what they're supposed to look? Yeah. And there was a, an actress there and she had one of those um, Happy Days jackets, you know, with the initial on it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah a yeah, jacket yeah, yeah, type yeah. of thing. And I'm like, oh, that's a weird choice. And then I'm like, oh, she's thinking this is, oh, like, this show's more like Happy Days, oh, right? Uh, so she's deliberately worn that because she thought it looked like So she hot. fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was the last one at, uh, during, you know, the day of auditioning. The boys were in the canteen. They weren't going to be in there for mine. Because they, they didn't want to, yeah, you know, right. there was no bias. Uh-huh. And I walked in there and there was an actor and the casting person and the producer. And I did what I thought I did, you know, and I go back in and I said, I don't think I got it. Oh, no and way. they said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, I got just cold vibes. There were, you know, it was just like Nothing. off. I don't know. I reckon the girl with the jacket. Well, who are you performing <laughs> who, who are you auditioning to? Were She's they, still like, there waiting with the woman. <laughs> There was a reader. You know how they employ a reader? They don't actually oh, get yeah. the actor. They, they get some neutral person oh, yeah. to the, okay. the lines. Yeah. And then there was the producer and the casting person. And I just went in and went... I don't <laughs> the reader's like, shut up, Buffhead. Mm-hmm. Yes. You were- <laughs> 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 has anyone seen my cousin Jim? My cousin Jim, my cousin Jim has he here? Is he here? <laughs> anyway, so iconic, that was that. Iconic those Man, lines. The lo- the, totally. Did you go and do the version of Effie that we all love? It grew, grew to well, yeah, was, I did the did accent, I did the attitude. I, you know, I didn't have the hair. I didn't yeah. do the hair. You know, I didn't tease the hair or do anything like that. But but the hair um, got bigger. It got as, bigger as the it show. Got as, talk as about Effie got bigger. It, it quickly <laughs> got bigger. Yeah. You know, uh, I think Nick spoke about the fact that Pino, our beautiful director, together with you know, it would just like we need one more element because the character was large. Yeah, man. So yeah. then, and it was so much a sign of the times that big hair of that during that era. So, so what happens? Did you get the call? So I, I went literally caught a flight, went back to doing wogs out of work eight times a week, wow. and then I got the call saying I got the job. And apparently, the producer said, because in those days you could, uh, you know, she was the only bitch who didn't know her lines, you know, like or, or some funny thing like that. It was a joke, you yeah. know. We, we made jokes like that back in, the in day. those days. <laughs> Let's just go True back to jokes. back then when pronouns weren't a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just go back to what you said. You just said you were performing wogs out of work. Eight times a week. Eight shows mm, a week we mm, did. Mm, mm. That's intense. No. It's intense. It was Tuesday to Sunday, doubles Friday, doubles Saturday. Don't, don't you guys hold the record in Perth for 12... Ex- 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 yeah, we beat... Um, Suskekalive weeks. 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 We beat Barry Humphreys, who had a Dame Edna show on there with Wogs Out of Work. So yeah. I want people to understand that. The Wogs Out of Work did 12 weeks straight. Yeah. Where at was the Regal. Regal. At the Regal Theatre. At the Regal Theatre. That's, that's a thousand people per show. Per show. I, think I think it still holds the record. Still holds the record now. Look, I'll tell you, you know, we did the Enmore for a long time. Months. Months. And yeah. months. Yeah. Eight times a week, right? And as you know from um, having worked with us, or more, let's just call it Nick for a minute, <laughs> those ads that, that were made in those days, were deliberately bad. Yeah, of course. Right? They were like they were a take on a Franco Cozzo yeah. sort of, you know, yep. late night ad. They would run an ad um, <laughs> for the show, and you would walk through the offices, which were probably triple the size of this, and there were fifteen girls on phones. It was like a telethon. Yeah. 
And as soon as that ad went to air, oh, the phones would ring. Oh, book, oh, booking tickets. Because everyone would book tickets. Of course. Because you know. oh, at that time there was no iPhone. It was <laughs> crazy. You know, there were the girls with the long nails smoking their St. Moritz no, no and Alpine. Internet. No internet. And the phones would ring and I would even be walking through to go to backstage and pick up phones and take bookings. It was we outsold every big international music act that would come to town. Like That's just In phenomenal. Excess would go on to on sale or, or some big act, a big, you know, like – Rolling Stones or whatever, and somehow this show just kept. It's like selling. what we're doing now. Exactly. Isn't it crazy how giants? Isn't it crazy how the, the, this this cultural comedy is so important, to, like and and loved by people, and it's still so and, very and much still alive. Still so very, very much alive. What you guys created is still alive. It's, it's just amazing, All 30 years plus later. Well, this is know? how I see it. I see rock and roll and sport, even though they're massive and they're bigger than comedy. Like, like, you know, like mm. we're, we've been lucky to touch on big, you know, moments. Yeah. But generally they're bigger because they, I think what they do is they birth fantasy. So anyone watching it goes, oh, if I knew how to play the guitar, I'd be that guy. Or if I did some training, I'd be able to kick a goal like that guy mm. did. And it's it's in the fantasy realm of, of how we like to see ourselves and others, right? They, they become like gods. But I think comedy, and particularly the style of comedy that we do that speaks to identity and belonging and all those great things, you know, which we're always being stripped away of that, you mm. know. Um, and I think that people come to watch what we do, not only just to laugh, but to find the confidence to, to be who they are and stand a little taller and prouder. Absolutely. There, there is that, and I think that's where the addiction and the huge commitment comes long-term mm. with that sort of work. And we do it for that reason too. Yeah, you know? 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're celebrating your parents by playing those characters. Absolutely. And, and I do. I try to do that above all yeah, things. It's got goosebumps. goosebumps. Mary has always had the ability to give us goosebumps. <laughs> I remember oh, when, yeah. we, when, we, when we did the we were so rehearsing. Profound. So profound you are, Mary. So when we were rehearsing, she'd just always give us this conflict, say these Little words and be like, you know. Well, Martin Luther King's talking our, or something like that. Our, 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 we start to really shine after Star Wars when we were with Mary for four or five months. So coincidence? coincidence? I think not. Well, it was a sweet spot, particularly. I mean, you know. <laughs> or was that? That like, was a ding. That's a that's a ding. ding. <laughs> There's lots of dings and buzzing stuff going on um, in the show. You guys have an affection, which it's hard to for men to evoke that. I mean... Mostly you've got to have a beer in your hand to, to yeah. feel the need to be affectionate, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you guys have such great affection. And I think you guys are smart enough from what I've seen from day one to know that what you're having is a 3D out-of-body experience. Yeah, you know, like you have through sheer, you know, love of the classics <laughs> and all the stuff you guys were inspired by and love of friendship and, you know, family – being able to create this recipe of life and humour and heart in equal mm. portions. So I think. Yeah. That's why it touches. <laughs> that's why. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but there's nothing more enjoyable than playing something that's dear to you, right? Yeah. They're part of yeah. you and if it's expressed through some and some extreme character, well, all the better for it. You yeah, know? and to be part of the, uh, you know, the people that, when we were doing Star Wars with you, like you guys created it, and now we're all part of this team. It's like, okay, we're accepted. And it's like we're in a family we're now. A fa- it's like a, you know, you know I mean? it's like, like a, a group of people that, like, ah, we're all together, we're doing this thing. It's nice, you know? It's, as people, we, we say all the time, like, what's the saying? Um, standing on giant's shoulders. Yeah. And it's true. 
because you guys set the foundation and and then allowed people to to blossom into what their talent is rather than squashing it down you know yeah. what i mean well i've got to say you know you stole that show from us you did and i love that and a good teacher should you know be eclipsed by their students right no, otherwise you guys, you, no no, no. But you oh, guys, no in that no, moment you, you, you guys hit a sweet spot in that moment it was blatant. It was obvious. It was the right material, the right characters, the right... Yeah. You were comfortable enough. You didn't have to carry your show. You could come in. It's what happened with Acropolis now. I felt like I could go in there, ransack the laughs and leave. I had great support because everyone else was brilliant and funny, but I didn't have to carry anyone. I didn't... Ha- you know, I, I was in a really good space where I could go in, do my thing and exit, you know? For yeah. me, yeah. you and, know what? And it, it, we, we made... I mean, it was... I guess unconsciously, but Nick would come in and go, boys, a Logie Award winner here. You better bring your fucking A game. I remember, I remember that. <laughs> remember I actually that, remember it so, like, so vividly. Fuck, yeah, fuck put boys, the pressure gonna, on us. We're gonna put. We're gonna step up here. But get you, bring your A game or your. Or you your, surround yourself with with great people. I yeah. think. Greatness can come out of you. Totally, if it, if and I think yeah. you need to be able to be with people that see what's great about you, yeah. and that, so, that encourage you. Also, it, have right? to, have to be back. conscious enough and intelligent enough to. Not to we're not intelligent, but <laughs> you have to be intelligent enough to to soak in when there's information being given to I you. I don't know how we did it because well, we're dumb as shit. <laughs> we're gonna, you know, take it on board. So, so and Mayor, the criticisms going back. So yeah. when. when when did you? Well, I guess when did they realise that Effie was this just. Beast. Well, well, wait, hold on. Before we do that, do you want to Effie? Just hold on, Effie. Who is she? Who's she based on? What? what who? Where'd this character come well, from? Well, I've said this publicly a bit, but she would have been me if I'd not moved out of Collingwood. Oh, man, oh really? I love that. Yeah, well, I think that the was same me. thing as my Mo character. It's like yeah. it's me. It's my. <laughs> it's my. He. He is what. What if we didn't grow out of it? Yeah. Well, I was thrust out of it and chucked into the white middle class. Hence, my. Uh, obsession with wanting to <coughs> talk about race all the time in my work because I know what that shift so where, you, from, you went, from Collingwood to Doncaster did for me. And, and back I then, went Doncaster wasn't white. It was okay. white and ah. it was sort of country like. Right. Yeah, not anymore. I, not, it was early <laughs> early seventies, right? Yeah, yeah. Early seventies. There were horses. <coughs> there were paddocks. Oh, there okay. Was, so okay. you got sh- you guys uh, went I over just there. got chucked into that. Me, this little. I'm. A, you know. I, I say in the stage show, I might as well have been. You know, dipped in garlic and painted in neon. Yeah. <laughs> there was no, no, not you probably noticing. Dipped in garlic. <laughs> it probably was. <laughs> And that so, helped the immunity a bit. And so all the people you left back in Collingwood, they developed, some of these people developed into similar characters as Effie, obviously, right? Well, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I, 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 would, I, I just know from the characters that I met later on, once I started studying as an actor, when I went to Ligon Street and I saw what was there, mm. where, where there'd be, you know, you don't mind if I use the C word, clusters of people gathered, <laughs> you know, woggy clusters of people gathered everywhere, like, you know, like the Sicilian scorched almonds yeah, and, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. they were everywhere, right? And and I remember hearing the accent and going, oh, my God, I loved the sound of that. I yeah. loved it. It was just – and then I loved that, that they were talking about nothing significant and yet they were so passionate about it. And I loved that and I loved the visual and I loved the disco. You know, I felt like I'd been robbed of that as much as I'd gained an education and great, probably greater opportunity by, yeah. by having to sort of swim under – 
these sort of terrible, um, you know, cultural sort of circumstances where I was heavily bullied and, and was under a lot of pressure for that one decade. Once I went to acting school, I'd found my people, I'd found creative people, and then I started being curious about going back to the well of wogginess mm. yeah. to see what was there. <laughs> the well was, of wogginess. You know, and Effie it's was a, there waiting for me. Nick said that the first couple of eps were struggling yeah. when you weren't there. Yep. So he, let's he put credit, this, he credits this, you he, with he saving. Credited you, he credited you with saving Acropolis now and making it what it what it was. If you came in and just hit it for six, um, and well, this cyclone came out of well, the door. Yeah. You know, it was like that was the the goal. Like, you know, Seinfeld they always call that 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 entrance. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, Kramer the, the, coming yeah, in, coming in that door. Yeah. That, was, that was the golden entrance. Yeah. And, there, and every time Effie would come in. There was just what what's going to happen next. Were you aware at that time of how significant your role was in in that show? Um, I'd just come off this juggernaut called Wogs Out of Work, right. so I was watching that happen every night, eight times a week for years. <coughs> where you go, you know, I'm, that was so much more amplified than a little live audience in a television. Of studio, course, right? of course, of yeah. course. Um, with four cameras and stop and let's do that again and all that sort of stuff. And you know, sitcoms so high pressure. You don't know the material. You've you, you got the material on a Wednesday. You're shooting Saturday night. So you don't really know. Yeah, so you don't no, know the no material, and you're reworking it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Friday night. You sort of might come to the conclusion that this is the script. Now I've got to learn it before tomorrow. Wow. So then you turn up, and then you've got the, the cameras get involved. <clears throat> so all day the cameras are just learning where they need to be and the props and all of that sort of stuff. So the cameras, it's all about the technical side, and then you do two live shows of that same episode and the first one is hit and miss right and you don't want to get it wrong on your first take the audience won't laugh as much yes the second, the second take, take. Yeah, right. so yeah, we've got two different live audiences one at five and one at seven right, right with a right. half hour break so between so we're doing that one then at six we're done we take a half hour break you're in the makeup chair you're trying to eat in my case, they're teasing my hair even more, mm. spraying it, and you're getting a million notes. You know where you stood there? You need to go and stand over oh, there. Make sure right, four, yeah. camera four can't pick you up from there. I mean, it's a lot to have wow. in your short, short-term memory. Um, but we were in love with the show. We knew it was working. The audience were telling us that. The executives were telling us that. We knew that instinctively that we were onto something. But for me, I don't overburden myself with added responsibility i just thought my only job is to play the character mm. so i don't want to ever think that i have to carry something or i'm the you know because it's not true you know because everyone was doing their best we had great scripts we 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 had total freedom they didn't get what the show was. oh I, I so we had total freedom. yeah 100 percent. like in the end all the characters blossomed and did their thing you know uh, mimo Jim, everyone, even Ricky, like yeah. he, he did his. They all did their thing, but it was interesting to hear Nick. He, he said, it, you know, it wasn't gaining much traction until you came in and sort of gave it a bit a, a boost. It was, it was actually, yeah. I didn't. It's funny know. because um, I, I did a, a job the other day, and there was this beautiful um, indigenous girl that got up to do, uh, you know, acknowledgement of country, and um, she got up and she was awesome, and she said, you know what. I'm actually not going to tell you where you're standing. You know, here we are, we're at Benelong, you know, at, near the Opera House. And if you really care, 
you can Google it. I don't know how many times a day you must be Googling stuff, but if you're really interested in our history and, you know, the history of this country, you might want to Google it, whatever, which I thought was pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. And and then she turned around, but she said, what I will say is that I grew up in the northern part of Queensland and I know the women I was surrounded by and if you guys think by being ethnic you saw no one that looked like you, you can imagine what it felt like being an Indigenous um, young girl. There was only one character that I could relate to, and that was Effie. Wow. Okay. She wow. reminded me of my aunties and my mothers, where she would walk in, take no shit, you know, full of love and light, but what wouldn't be pushed around. Like she was to me, she said, she said she was the original feminist. Mm. In as a little girl that I needed to see in my country, that I could get some sort of understanding of seeing something of myself in Amazing. and the people that I grew up with. So well, I was proud of that. True. It's true, though. It's you, f- you, you were the first, like, you know, female, do- like, like rock dominant, but like would, would hold it, you know, hold her own, you know, not and, and give it back on yeah. television. <laughs> Probably because you know there was the Brady Bunch and everyone and everything else. And but seriously, happy who, who, days. Was, who outside outside of if the if the character what was what other female, female character, character back was then? there? Was well, doing Dame Edna. The Dame Edna. Oh, Dame Edna. It was a man doing a man, man. Kind of woman. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, think. We came out at the same time. I don't know what happened at that point, but every great comedy thing hit at the same time we had you had Mick Malloy on right we had Degeneration we had Comedy Company we had yeah. Fast Forward we yeah. had uh, The yes. Big Gig a, a million great shows hit exactly the same time there was this comedy sort of like you know um, yes. craze happening you yes. know professionally and and they're all uni students a lot of them were studying law and law. you know there's oh, a tradition of Kids, uh, people that are studying law that go off and do comedy, yeah, you know, whether it's that. at Oxford in or Cambridge or you know Melbourne Uni or whatever. Same with that session, Bower Cohen. He's yeah. a he's a lawyer. Yeah, he's a. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting how that. So yeah, there was there was something in the air the night. Yeah. Uh, I was studying the, law. Too, maybe the other <laughs> the other one was uh, it was Kylie Mole. Oh no, yes, yeah, there was Kylie Mole. She was, she, yeah, she yeah, was pretty prominent. She was she was massive. Um, so Mayor, yeah. you but the thing was with Effie is that she she translated even over to America. Yeah. So you you went to America and shot something for what? what yeah, can yeah. You sp- tell I us about I, that? Um, I won the Logie and then I got offered my own television series by um, Channel Seven, and they said we don't care what it is. This is the budget. We want eight episodes. Stop right there. Sorry. You just you just you just you just brushed over. I won the Logie, and we, and we just let you just brush over that. Yeah, the Logie. Right. I'm sure you've heard it. Yeah, but you won a Logie. You won a gold one. No, no, no. Pewter, pewter. Wasn't yeah, even silver. Pewter. I think you can melted. fashion it into a goblet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In nine, no, it was 1993. No, sorry to cut you off, but it's like yes, yeah, I've got a reason here. You won a Logie Award for most popular comedy personality in 1993. He's written down there. I wrote it down. Just so you know, Andrew writes notes. I, I like it. He's, a, yeah, he's beautiful when he writes. Uh, he's he a beautiful is. writer. He's you want to get a message from Andrew. When he's not right, he's a prick. He doesn't yeah, write, he's an a prick. absolute arsehole yeah. and illiterate. He writes it His in the digits public, are great. His <laughs> mouth, on the <laughs> other hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I go to New York. I decided that I wanted to – I didn't have the budget for it, but I just thought, you know, like, it's okay. We'll, we'll make it work. And I went and shot a show in New York and L.A., and, and it was a sort of like a Borat show, in, well ahead of Borat, where uh, Effie goes supposedly to shoot a documentary in New York, but while she has her camera crew there, because she's not interested in the documentary, she goes about trying to become famous. 
And so it is all improvised. It's a mockumentary, so it's a piss take on a documentary. And, um, I, you know, like it was star-studded. We got everyone I wanted. And what I wanted was not the people Mary wanted, but all the ones Effie wanted. I wanted Sylvester Stallone's mother. I wanted James Brown. <laughs> I wanted a Jackson, even if it was LaToya. <laughs> I didn't care, you know, because Effie's all B-grade, right, all that B-grade bad stuff. So, so how did you – you ended up in a limo with James I did. Brown, right? Yeah. In can a limo? Ta- can you tell us how, okay, how so does James Brown's not B-grade? No, no, how no. Does no it, how, do you, how do you end up that, that's, in, a, that's, in, a, in a limo with – James Brown with a big ass wig on playing Effie. How does, that, how does that work? How does that okay. even work? I had, there was a, do you remember Ruby Wax, this great English comedian? Anyway, she's a, a female comedian who's fantastic. She had a producer that used to produce her show, a talent producer, who then moved to New York. And so I got her, I gave her a wish list, like a scroll of names that I would, knew I could do funny things with, and said, can you see whether you can get these people do, to do a show that where it's not an interview show but they have to play with Effie in these scenes and we'll tell them the day before what the scenario is. And she was like, yeah, okay. And she got them. They cut together a, a trailer of all my work and um, sent that out with, the, you know, she would like Joe. She would like, you know, Andrew to be on the show. And you as well. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so Thanks, James man. Brown <laughs> said, yeah, I'll do that. You know, like, uh, but she's got to get me a, a Learjet we had to, you know, put him up at the Plaza Hotel, which, you know, of course was Trump's place across the road from the Trump Tower and, and on and on it went. And um, so we said yes, but we would have the day with him. He gave us a whole day. A whole day. <laughs> right. So the scene, you know, I meet him, the Learjet, you know, and I look like his entourage. No, right. Except yeah. white, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. So I, when the entourage, the, 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 the Learjet doors open and, you know, sort of JFK style, he's coming down the stairs, you know, and it's that thing, you know, we usually don't see planes unless, you know, it, we know it's someone important yeah. to see them coming down, down the stairs, stairs onto the tarmac. And there comes James Brown and he, all his backing singers, his wife, his daughter, everyone, you know. And it's the longest limo you've ever seen in your life. It's got a jacuzzi in the back. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> and I'm in character. You don't drop character for the ones that don't understand there's such a thing as character because yeah. they've got plenty of it and they don't understand that they have plenty of it. So if it was an actor like a, a Henry Winkler who was in the show or, a, or a, you know, Dennis Hopper, of course I would drop character when we weren't shooting and talk about what we we're trying to achieve in the scene. But with him I was just – the minute I saw him I was Effie and that was it. So we get into the limo. He's a, you know, he's a tricky guy. You know, he's a bit of a diva. You know, he likes things done his way. And his security guard was called Brown as well, you know, Mr. Brown. So he'd say, Mr. Brown, pull over, pull over. The back. Because <laughs> the air conditioning, make this thing work. Oh, it stopped working. And, then, no and so I'm dealing with him and he's got the shits and he's sort of curious and he's trying to be professional, but he doesn't really understand who I am. And, and like, the camera's rolling. The cameras point, are right? rolling. He didn't want the cameras in the car. We're like, oh, shit, well, how are you going to shoot him? Oh, no, they follow me everywhere. So, um, yeah, no one had ever taped him rehearsing before. And so I made it my mission. Well, I knew it was out of bounds to get into that rehearsal room. Mm. So um, I was like, oh, Mr. Brown, you know, what are you up to today? <laughs> He's like, i got to go to rehearsal. And I go, oh, my God, I would die. <laughs> it would be, it's on my bucket list. I have to, you've got to let me. Anyway, somehow I get in with the cameras to his rehearsal. And... Um, you know, he's famous for his dancing, right? He's the godfather of soul. The guy knows how to dance. 
And so he does his moves and he's doing them for the cameras. He's really putting it on. And I'm standing there and you guys know. Yeah. If he loves to dance. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I'm clapping and I'm nodding and with every power within me, I am speaking to the comedy gods and saying, please, please ask me to join you to dance. <laughs> please, please. And I'm so encouraging. And then he's a gentleman and then he bows and he lets me in. And so I'm dancing with James oh, Brown. Oh, my, oh my God. God. You know, and then, of course, I pull the splits. Oh. I go down, I do the splits, I do <laughs> And he doesn't know what's going on. It is so funny oh because God. he's tripping out. Anyway, it was gold. I mean, what we were able to get from all these stars who, you know, did it for nothing. Well, in his case, you know, accommodation and a limo. So how did you have to – you had to talk to him in the in the, the, the limo. limo. Yep. What was the conversation? Such a big fan. You know, I love your hair, Mr. Brown. He's <laughs> <laughs> doing your hair. <laughs> you know, I'm a hairdresser by trade, <laughs> you know. And he goes, really? And I'll go – and he goes, you know, do you sing? And I go, oh, yeah, I sing, which I don't. Yeah, yeah. And he said, what do you sing? And I said, oh, would you like for me to sing for you? You know. And when he said he didn't know what I did and I'm like – doesn't this guy read TV Week? <laughs> 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 so, so what? Came, where is all this footage? Yeah, well, it oh, never yeah. went to where. So what happened? Do you so know what they, happened did was they think it was they, they probably thought it was too too cutting. They they didn't understand. Yeah. that you know the the programmers at Channel Seven. We got this gold, and it was a, such a funny show, but it didn't have a laugh track. There were not many comedies without a laugh track oh. in those days, right? And they didn't know. How to pitch it and how to sell it. Because a lot of time television, not anymore, thank God, but it follows suit. Mm. Let's make a show like Seinfeld. Let's make, you know, someone else. A lot of those shows are failures for a number of years until they find their sweet spot, Correct, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but now it's like, oh, we need to make a show like, you know, The Game of Thrones. Or mm. they, they need a reference point. And there was no reference point necessarily for what I'd done. You know, so yeah. they didn't know Borat how to market Borat. it. Exactly. Yeah, it was. It was so Borat. it never got seen. So it was basically <clears throat> in the wrong era. Yeah. So ahead and, of its time. Yeah, and maybe we should have, you know, made assumed that they didn't know what it was and not let them just watch it. You know, we should have, you know, spoon fed them a little bit more. Where is the, where fo- is the footage? The footage I've got the footage. You've got the footage. You can't do anything with it? I can. Surely you can but do something. But it's so old now. Give it to know? us. We'll do it together. We'll go 50 50 on the profits. I don't know about those numbers, but I know. Hey, listen, man, I've got to say, look, your your improv skills are amongst the oh, best oh I've ever God. seen. So, yeah, in order to do that, such things with James, the likes of James Brown, you have to be fucking pretty damn good. You are the best, one of the best. Uh, improv people I've ever seen. The last, you know, sh- the last show I came and saw, I was just in awe of yours. I was like, how the fuck is she doing this? You yeah, know? that you, last you, you, um, the last show was called Love Me Tinder. Love that you Me guys Tinder. saw. We, we yeah. saw that. We saw so we saw the one before that as well. Yeah. And at the end, when you're riffing and people are just giving you little bit nuggets to work with, we were just like. This is just genius what you're doing. Drop the mic right now, ladies. <laughs> that was just the ma- at the end of the show. We we're just like you know, again soaking it all in, watching it, and it was just like you're just amazing. You know, I, you know you what? I am. Um, I am so curious about other people and what they do and how they live and you know what their circumstances are. That every show I do, every live show, not the opera house show, um, I, half of half of it's improvised. I want the audience to star in my one-person show with me. Mm. Yeah. So, and because I think the audience is me, 
I, I always do, I pretend that I'm in the audience. So I never talk down or talk up to my audience. They know it's very much a, a, an equal exchange. I sort of give them the opportunity to, to really stand up and show, show me who they are. Mm, and they yeah. do, and I don't know why, but they do every <laughs> single time. Yeah. And I don't overthink it. I don't think when I'm getting, doing my makeup and getting ready to go out there, oh, shit, I've got 30 minutes that I haven't written of a show. Yep. I don't even think about it. I've been doing it like that for over 30 years. I love it. Amazing. I want to be, you know, I mean, acting is about being truthful in a moment, right? And when you've got a script, you know, sometimes you'll preempt how you're going to say and do something. And if you rehearse it too much or with the wrong person or whatever, you get into a groove, you get into a lazy groove. Mm. But with impro, you are having to respond mm. honestly to everything, yeah. you know, in that moment. And people tell me stuff that I can't believe mm. they're telling me. <laughs> yeah. Apart from the fact that they're telling Effie, they're telling everybody yeah, in the room. Yeah. I think yeah, sometimes yeah. They, they, they forget and they think they're just talking to Effie, but they don't realise they're speaking to a room full of people. Yeah. yeah. But they, they know they I won't judge shit. them. I no. don't judge them. No, I, I'm never mean to them. I'm yeah. always honest, but I'm never mean. So funny, man. It I mean, I so FaceTime people. You know, yeah. like I think you, you did. I think you, you did, did on stage that night with us. You did. And what happened? You so FaceTime someone. And something something happened. Oh. I, can't, I can't exactly remember. It was so hilarious. much happens. So the much. type of things that, that, that happened during the – I mean, I always like – I wish I had someone there to witness it with me sometimes because yeah, often yeah, I'll yeah. go off and do a show on my own. Of like course. I don't take anyone with me to go, can you believe what just happened? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, but that's that's the sort of um, the tightrope act. Is, um, there, is there a standout moment of, of, of enduring improv, improv where someone revealed something to you? Is oh, there, yeah, there was a heavy one which I loved, which I couldn't have – preempted so you know it was the night prince philip died none of us knew he died um because it happened during the show right so i'm doing a show and there's this beautiful gay boy what's your story how did you cope during you know because it was the better out than in show that i'm doing at the moment and uh, he said oh yeah you know i was stuck at home and my boyfriend was driving me crazy he's really messy and you know whatever so i'm working with that and that's working really well and I say, where do you live? Now, this guy said he's in finance, which could mean a bank teller at the end of the day. Mm. Like, it's just yeah. one of those loose terms that we don't know. Yeah. Like, when someone says IT, we don't really no, know. No, 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 no. <laughs> and uh, I said, oh, yeah, and what's your boyfriend do? Oh, he manages a Coles, you know. And I'm like, oh, yeah, where do you live? South Yarra. I'm like, how do you, you live in South Yarra? He said, yeah, yeah, we share a house. I said, oh, who do you share a house with? You know, Maria. And uh, what nationality is Maria? She's Greek. Well, Where's Maria tonight, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like she's at home. I'm like, let's FaceTime her. So I'm FaceTiming Maria. I'm like, why aren't you at the show? Yeah. Why, you know, I've got these two skips here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and she's like, oh, I said, what are you doing right now, right this minute? She goes, I'm watching television. I go, well, what are you watching? She's like, I'm watching the news. And I'm like, oh, anything exciting happened? She goes, yeah, Prince Philip just died. Uh -huh. oh, so no. the audience are hearing it right now for the first time. Oh, you know? oh that's a way to kill, so kill, kill a like, room. Good way to kill a room, yeah? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> but he was so young. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then that's the end of that. And I reckon I've got one more in me. I feel I never really know what half an hour feels like. Sometimes yeah. I'm on the money, sometimes I'm not. And I go, I've got one more in me, I feel it. And there's this really good-looking group of people. And so I start with, you know, my husband's bald. I love a bald guy, right? So I'll go to the bald guy first. So I'm chatting to him and good vibes off him. And then I see this really good-looking gay guy, tiny and perfect. 
like everything, like a doll. I'm like, what's your name? And I think his name was Adrian. And he said, Adrian, I'm like, oh my God, you're so good. Could you stand up? <laughs> he stands up. I'm like, oh my God, you're a, you're a man doll. What is your story? And we start talking and, you know, like, oh, what now show? Oh, I'm Italian. Oh, yeah. And you, you, did you come out to your parents? And he went, things got started to get a bit weird. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, you, didn't, you didn't tell your parents, I understand, you know. And he goes, no. I mean, and then things went odd. And I go, Adrian, come here. What's going on? And he said, my mother died last week. Mm. <coughs> and... Um, and he just burst into tears. Oh, my God. And it's her birthday today. Oh. And, and, and he, he never told her. You're crying. Not, you're not coming back from that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Just killed the room so completely So he's again. crying. It's COVID. So social distancing. I'm like, yeah, fuck that. I said, come here. And I start hugging him. And I'm, I'm fucking, I'm crying. The audience is crying. Oh, oh, my God. It was unbelievable. I said, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And. You know, you're such a beautiful boy. I'm, sh- you know, whatever, whatever was true, there was none of that sort of syrupy <laughs> bullshit. Pre-prepared this Hallmark card earlier. It was in the moment, and George, my husband, was in the audience that night. You could hear a pin drop. Everyone, and then people start sh- shouting out, "We love you, Adrian!" Yeah. People that are so heartbroken for him. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, at least you're hot. Yeah. <laughs> Does that help? Perfect. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. It is. It's that beautiful timing, isn't it, sometimes? Wow. Like, wow we. Yeah, yeah, stuff happens. So Good stuff shit happens. happens. That, Good that, shit happens. That's uh, heavy. That's heavy. No, that's the, that's the, the you know, the Russian roulette that you play, isn't it? Because, you, you know, when you're talking to people, you don't know you what's, what you're going to uncover. What you're going to get in the furnace. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was reading. Bones. Just, I was reading something about you that I'd forgotten about. He performed a, a parody with uh, Norman Gunston. Yes. Ah, oh, yeah. 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 So I'd forgotten right? about that. Yeah, that's it. And uh, that was, it's an amazing parody you got. How did, how did that come about? How did, how, did you, how did you get involved in that situation? Um, I was doing my first one-woman show called Waiting for Effie and I was in Sydney and I just got a call from – I knew Gary but I hadn't – you know, he hadn't – he was only starting to do Norman Gunston again. And he, was, he had his own talk show that was about to go to air. And, and I got a call saying, would you do a duet? I'm like, you know I can't sing, right? I'm not like you guys. <laughs> um, and, um, and he said, like, yeah, yeah, it's a comedy song. I'm like, well, what's the song? And they said, oh, it's this uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber song, but we can't parody it because he's loaded and we'll get sued. We yeah. have to do it as written. I'm like, well, what are the lyrics? And then I heard it, and then um, it's like it's it's not a song that's easily made funny, right? No. I mean, it's pretty earnest and whatever. And so we decided that it was going to be premiered. At, for a minute, there were these things called the People's Choice Awards. They they came out to rival the Logie Awards, lived you know through a few you know years of trying, but didn't. And it was the first ever one that they were going to do. It's at the State Theatre, I think, in Sydney. And we were going to launch this song. On uh, on that on the People's Choice Awards, and um, and so we rehearsed the choreography, which was f- funnier than the song, mm. which we did on Hey Hey as well. Yeah, yep. um, for for two weeks. Oh, really? <laughs> two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> he likes things to get to. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm like I'm doing eight shows a week on my own, <laughs> and eight hours a day on a three minute song. 
but it turned out brilliantly. Yeah. And so we did it. We launched it there and then they asked us to go on Hey Hey and, and, and do it on Hey Hey. I remember that. And, yeah, um, yeah and we did it there, there as well. There it is. There it is. Don't worry, there's someone watching this. <laughs> so it makes you don't think I set him off. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, he's beautiful. Here he is. What's he doing these what's days? Doing? What's happened to him? I don't he is a a very good straight actor. Mm. And now he's a barrister. <laughs> he's gone to law from comedy. He's gone to no, law. I'm joking. <laughs> I don't know. He's well and good. He was brilliant Classic. to work with. Look at that. <laughs> the camera. Oh, where, where bon Jovi were on that night. They didn't know what the hell they oh, were looking at. Bon Jovi was there. Yeah, John Bon. You met Amazing. the John Bon? Oh, yeah. I got hit on by his drummer. Did you? Mm. Yeah, well, I sort of look like that. You, you got things under her arms. The, the, gaffer. The gaffer. Two weeks. Two, two weeks. weeks. <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. That was uh, one thing with you too, man. You had, you had uh, your, um, we always loved your comedy because we love physical comedy. Yeah. You were so good with the physical comedy. Is that something that you learned when you were young or just you just had it? I, well, I studied dance when I was studying acting <laughs> and they wanted me to be a dancer. They're like, oh, you want to dance? Like, I can't communicate without words. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh, so um, I love physical stuff because I just think it speaks to everyone. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and we are so clumsy. Yes. You know, we're so able and so pathetic, <laughs> like falling upstairs. You know, we've yeah, all done yeah, it yeah, and yeah, we yeah. go, oh, no, God, I hope no one saw me do that. Yeah. You know, and there is something so basic about human beings that, you know, like just physical stuff, no matter how sophisticated you are, you will laugh at a physical joke. Absolutely. And I loved, you know, and this is, you know, but I love people like, you know, I love Ace Ventura as a character. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and everything he does, you know. Um, I love all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I, I like the body to assist in the storytelling or in the reveal of, Absolutely. of the, the character's, you know, frame of mind. So for, for a couple of years, Eddie, Effie, Eddie, <laughs> Effie had a bit of a break. Yeah. And then I remember you telling us the story the first time she came back. Yeah. How, how was that? To have her back in your life. Yeah, well, I had a break. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not, for you, not for legal reasons. Yeah. Or, or I didn't turn on her. You had, you had, you had a, you had, uh, I had, a, you had I, your, I had a, another journey that I was going on. But yeah, it took which me. Which you've gone through and now you have a beautiful, yeah. beautiful little girl. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it took me 10 years to become a mother. Yeah. And uh, 23 IVFs. Yeah. 23. Yeah, yeah. I'm IVFs. Michael Jordan. You are. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a joke in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. You have to. You have to laugh. Otherwise, you know, I don't I don't like the other option. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it, 10 years of on and off not knowing where I'd be in my cycle or whether I was pregnant or whether I was – I lost a lot of, um, you know um, – children along the way, you know, miscarriages. And then, of course, everyone um, who knows my story knows that I um, had a stillborn mm. um, yep. on um, my 18th attempt. I think it was 17th or 18th. You lose your numbers after a mm. while. but um, And then somehow I still went back and did six more attempts 
and uh, won the prize in the end. You did. But so for that decade, I couldn't – how do you commit to a tour? Yes. Not only that, I was bleeding not only physically, psychologically, but – Financially, yeah. I wasn't earning. I IVF's a really expensive thing to do. I then went to Greece to do the last eight. I did mm. fifteen in Australia and eight in Greece. So then you have to accommodate fly drugs, uh, medical, you mm. know, all the rest. So it was, you know, it's the type of stuff that can bankrupt you on mm. in every capacity. Mm. More so psychologically than anything. Absolutely. And physically. Yeah. But, um, and you know, most couples don't survive that sort of stuff. Once, five times, ten times, let mm. alone 23 times. And, um, um, but uh, Georgie and I were pretty galvanised throughout the whole thing, you know. Um, there was a lot of NFs that weren't on scripts, mm. you know, yeah. during that period. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the result's negative. NF, NF, not NF. funny, not funny. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, yeah, that, that was hard and the public didn't know what was going on for mm. me because I, I was everywhere all the time mm-hmm. and then suddenly I'd vanished. Yep. And so I remember being um, at an airport and uh, this guy came up to me and said, where have you been? You know, it feels like you're falling off the face of the earth. Mm. And I thought, oh, God, I have. You know, I have. Mm. I've fallen off the face of the earth. Um, and uh, and then I said, well, you know, I'm still here. And he's like, yeah, oh, we need to have you back out there. Mm-hmm. You know, we miss you and all of that. So the goodwill was always there, mm. you know. I'd spent a lot of time working right up until that period of my life. You know, I was sort of – often I was working two or three jobs at the same time. And mm. I'm not talking about – you know, like I was doing a drama for um, Channel 7 as well as Acropolis or I was doing a stage show as well as Acropolis. There were multiple things or writing things and, you know, so I was the, you know, I was a workaholic. Um, <coughs> now I find myself with no work, no baby um, and running out of hope and mm-hmm. then eventually, you know, I gave birth to my beautiful daughter. Mm-hmm. But Who is... She's just you. She's amazing. And she's <laughs> she's another superstar <laughs> in the making. She, she does a fantastic Effie. Oh, if you could find that on her Instagram. Oh, that's is that on is that on It's on Effie's Instagram. It's on Effie's Instagram. If you could find that, I'd love to play that. Oh, amazing and she's, little girl, incredibly uh, talented. She's and she, look beautiful. out for her because she's the next best thing. And oh. she's got an agent now. She's got an agent. Um she's in it for the money, like my mother <laughs> is in it for the money. My mother did a, quite a few ads at one point. How, oh, really? is, how is your mum? My mum did a very, very popular ad for Woolies many years ago where there's a Greek woman chopping a Greek salad no, and, um, <coughs> at the sink and her lazy husband is sitting there. It's all in Greek with no subtitles. I remember that. And then she tells him off and he, she sees birds in the vegetable patch and he pulls this contraption. That's right. Oh, no, I've seen that. Remember yes, that? I remember the bird yeah. thing. Yeah, 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 I remember that. That's my mum. and. Oh, um, what? She said, I have no talent, but if they want to give me money, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Good on her. The wog way. Hey, um, that's, it's, a, it's a great story. So, but but the, but the Effie, point so that, and then Effie was away for a while. And then I stupidly, in the midst of the grief of having lost my daughter Stevie, I agreed to do a show. I don't know. I went into automatic pilot. I must have. I was in complete denial on that day. And someone rang me and said, you know, we want you to do a show. And I'm like, oh, yeah, when? And they're like, oh, in a couple of months. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. So the writing part was easy. And then the time came to perform it. I'd spent a month trying to learn the lines. It's oh. only half an hour of material. Right. I couldn't remember a thing. You couldn't nothing. remember nothing. Oh, that, that. I'd been so shattered by what I'd been through that I could not remember a single word. Wow. I, I drilled those lines. I get to the venue... 
And uh, I look at how close the audience are and I start having a panic attack. Mm. Like, I, like oh, my husband was with me and I'm like, I, I can't, I, how am I, I going to do, do this? this. Huh? You know, so he just abandoned me because he didn't want to encourage me not doing the show because he wanted me to work through it. And he said, I'll go and check on a few things. And he left. And I was in the side, of, you know, I was in the wings. The audience were in. There's a video that starts most of my shows just to set up the premise. And I'm standing in the wings and I've thought, there's, there's, I've made the decision, there is no way I can do this show for a number of reasons. One, I can't remember a single word. Two, I don't want to be laughed at. You know, I wasn't the same girl I was mm. prior to doing mm. this show on that particular night. I didn't want to be laughed at. I, I, I had no composure. I had no filter that could buffer me from, you know, my fe- I felt like all my organs, all my feelings were on the outside of my body. Mm. So I decided that during that video while they were laughing their guts out that that was the end of the laughter because what I'd planned to do was I was going to walk on stage, grab the microphone, and I, I, I couldn't say the show was cancelled. I'd have to give them a reason as to why the show couldn't happen. So I decided I was going to collapse. Right. You know. Oh, you were just going to collapse. Yeah, decided. I decided, how do I get out of this? You know, it was just oh, a panic oh, moment. Wow. Right. So, so I'll that, go You were out. that desperate at that point. You, yeah. you planned how to, how, that you were going to collapse. It was madness. For a moment, it was complete wow. and utter madness. So That's I walk out onto the stage. I grab the mic. And I think, you know what? It's going to look contrived if I black out straight away. <laughs> so say something first. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should just say a couple of things. And then black out. So I just... <laughs> I changed my mind on how I was going to do that. So I grabbed the mic. Hello, good thanks, everyone. So great to see you. And I'm thinking, you know, I should get ready to collapse at this point. And then this wave of laughter started sort of hitting me. And I had no idea what I was going to say next. But I knew that that was the most comfortable I had been. I'd gone back to my happy place. I put on my little furry Ugg boot, Effie. That really is. And um, again, that's three times now I've had it. Really? (laughs) I don't normally get chills. What are you doing? They're multiplying. Um, Anyway, so I I did the show. I don't know what happened, but apparently I did a show. So uh, so you can't remember doing that show? No, I don't know what I said for all that time, but I did the show, and and uh, apparently it was really good. And that was, a, but there was a fork in the road in that moment. You know, if I decided not to do that show that night, I would have given up performing. You would have given up, man. Isn't it? What, the laughter is is the is the comfort. It's the it was the savior really at the end of the day. That Effie warm laughter feeling that you get from that crowd. There's nothing like it, and it really, it's uh, isn't it amazing? You think about I don't know how deep you want to think about it, but this character that you you made so many years ago. Was the same character that guided you through totally. and brought you back. It's not only that; it's, it's, it's also like the fact that 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 um, the character so well adored that you could put it to rest for ten years and come back and still slot straight back in. That's the profound effect and you had on bring, the audience. Just pull, pull you out. It was incredible. Look, um, you know, it's only experience that teaches you best. I think, but for me, I always knew she was a gift. You know, for me, I knew Effie was a gift as much as. There was reason for me to go off and try to be legitimate as an actress because I got given those opportunities very early on in my career. I did a film before I did a Cropless Now that I got nominated for. You know, there were some healthy signs that I could work, 
you know, full-time as an actress, you know, MTC or whatever it was. And I've done a little bit of that. I do a bit of that every now and again, just if I see something that's great and I think I could do something with that, I'll jump in. But at the same time, I think that in life you have to be really um, grateful for the gifts you receive. What you have here cannot be recreated. And it's hard because when you're... When you start out, you think, oh, no, you know, this, this magic, this chemistry that exists here, that exists in, in, in other, you know, um, combinations of people, and it doesn't. Uh, luckily, I, I was um, really, um, you know, fulfilled with what Effie allowed me to do creatively, whether it was the impro, whether it's shooting scenes with James Brown, whether it's doing songs with you know, uh, Norman Gunson or whether it was performing, you know, the best sitcom, you know, that I could mm. have done with the boys. You know, it was a, a joy. It, it, you know, it elevated me. It elevated the audience. I knew something special was happening. You know, you, you can sometimes sabotage the gifts and think that they can be recreated. And I was lucky enough to know that she was that for me. And luckily she was that for the You know audience. what? Let's drink to that. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yes, please. Let's, have, Let's a drink. have a drink to that. And on that note... The, by the way, what was what's the big what's the most Effie's known for amazing catchphrases. Yeah. What's the number one catchphrase that people always say to you? Well, there's there, there's I think you would have to battle it out with hello good thanks. Yeah, hello good thanks. So. Because you know, I, Listen, I I remember where I, I was when I thought of that. I was in Adelaide at Rundle Mall. And mm-hmm. I was walking through one night and I thought, isn't it funny how the awkwardness of being human? You know, when Someone says they're good, but you haven't asked them. Yeah. You yeah. know, like all that, that initial first 10 seconds of when you see someone and yep. how, em- and then how embarrassment came out of that notion. And then hello, good thanks uh, came out of that notion as well of, of how do we expose. Now, here's someone that, that's pretty up herself, but that, you know, falls upstairs with words. That, that's how I see it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, you know, she's so confident and yet she gets it so wrong. Oh, yeah. You know, so much. So of give, the us, time. give us a hello, good things. Hello, good things. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> so good to see so you. Oh see my you. God, how embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A, yeah. We just got the trifecta. Beautiful. Incredible ability. You got that high pitched thing, that little squeak yeah. thing you do. I want to try it. Let's try it. Hello, <laughs> good thanks. That's good. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. Give it a go. Hello, good thanks. No, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> My daughter does a great uh, yeah, effort. Hello, good thanks. Um, no, no, everyone, we've got the clip here of Effie, uh, Mary's daughter. Her name playing, is? Her name is Jamie, Jamie. but she's playing Effie. She's playing Effie. Hello, good thanks. It's Effie here. You might want to come and see Effie's newest show. <laughs> Bit of the name. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> of course it's funny. It's comedy. Of course it's funny. It's Improvise comedy. the whole thing. She's it's unbelievable, good. man. She yeah, loves it. Go. I knew Fantastic. I knew back from back when we were we with Star Wars, she used to come into the dressing room and we used to have grown up conversations. Yes. Yeah. And she was like six. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Am I six? Or is she hey. forty? Hey. So <laughs> you are, you, are you are you are you are you teaching her are you are you or did she just pick this stuff up on her own is you, you look you know musical families you know they listen to music we we don't watch or listen to a lot of comedy but everything's funny my mother is so funny she yep. is. everything she says is funny you know uh, and and we are always going oh my god she's out of control my mother today uh, Dimitra 
You play Xeti with me. That's a Greek card game. You play Xeti with me. Oh, no, I don't know you. Yeah, maybe later. Maybe later. Always later. <laughs> That's all right. I have my daughter. My daughter, Mia. <laughs> you play some Xeti with me. Oh, there you go, Dimitra. My daughter play with me. <laughs> you know, like, just everything. There's a childlike quality to, you know, to staying youthful, right? You yeah. don't want to be immature, but you want to keep that childlike, you That's know, so playfulness. Well, who She's knows? So maybe, maybe you know, you do shows together one day. If she wants, you yeah. Know, oh, look, I'm not pushing. No, of course. What, but, what uh, push but whatever she wants. Whatever you know? she wants. But she's, she's got... She's got star quality and she's beautiful. So, all right. On this note, we're gonna have a yes. Would you like? Would you like a sweet or would you like a? Uh, would you like a Sangiovese or would you like a Moscato? I'll go the red, please. Now we've released a genius official wine. Yeah, it's a Johnny Vincent Sam's wine. Yep, and it's available at uh, all BWS and Dan Murphy's. <laughs> now this has been this is a love project of ours, and we want you to have a. Oh, I'd love to see the socks that come with it. Do they come? Do you come with the socks? We stamped stamped on the grapes ourselves. And the pantofles. Pantofles. You're the first person to taste. You are. Really? Yeah. You're the first guest to taste. So get that tumbler there. Oh, yeah. We we drink out of tumblers, of course. Of course. Coffee Um, and wine. And it's a Sangiovese, which is is an Italian wine. Yep. Um, oh, look at the colour on that. Beautiful colour, beautiful colour. Mm. Deep and, uh, red. That's a deep red. That's a big glass you've given her there. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I was looking at the colour and I was like, yeah, I, I forgot yourself. to stop. Pour yourself one. Yeah, pour yourself. Oh, that's good. Is it good? That's good. Oh, no, we're mm. the Is it a table wine? We have to do the chin chin. Wine. Wine. What's it retailing at? Just it's retailing at uh, a very, it's, it's quite high in the, it's fourteen ninety nine. Whoa! Um, what happens if you do a six pack or something? Do yeah. we do we drop there? Fourteen ninety eight. Twenty eight ninety. Cheaper for cash. <laughs> but, uh, but seriously, chin, it's chin. Chin, chin. Boys, you know chin, how much chin, I love chin. you. I'm so you, so Cheers. proud of what you've been doing. I'll Cheers. see you chin. again. I As hope. You say, oh. uh, no, Kronjepola. No, not Kronjepola. Kaliorics. 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 Let's have a nice. Ah. Oh, it's it's delicious. It's a delicious. It's, it's a lovely. Delicious. Does it need to breathe? It needs to breathe. We probably should have let it breathe a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, it's a been really breathing in Australia Post. It <laughs> <laughs> arrived this morning. <laughs> so um, thank you for that. Mary, thank you so much for coming here on the show. You know we've been trying to get you for a while. And we're glad you're here. We would love you to come back. We thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you for, for mentoring us and, and uh, giving us the beautiful words that you always used to give us and continue to give us. You're an inspiration. Thank you so much. And, um, yeah, we will always be here for you. You know that. Yep. And True. Australia applauds your accomplishments and, and your contributions. Oh, right. you're beautiful, Andrew. I want to say about Andrew, he is a poet. <laughs> and I don't Isn't even know it. it. He, yeah, he does. He's too busy say? being funny, but yeah, it's there. It is. It's there. It is. And you know, like you, Carlo, is uh, you're unbelievable. Thank you. You are a bright little spark. And as for you, Joe, you're a walking yeah. heart. You've just yeah. got legs attached to <laughs> yeah. it. You're a big sook, and we oh, love no. you. Guys. Thank you. Oh, Thank you very much. Love you so much. Thank you. So Thank much. you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're gonna go out on the uh, Amigos para siempre. Um, 
Give us a five star review. Subscribe to Amigos para siempre means I love that never ends. We're going to be Amigos para siempre. for life, not just the summer or a spring. Take care of each other. Amigos para siempre. siempre. And goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Hey guys, Daniel here, aka Shit Jamie, to read out some credits. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Sushi Mango Saucy Meatballs podcast. If you like the show, make sure you're following it by tapping follow on the podcast profile page and giving it a rating. This podcast is produced by Head On Media and is a Spotify exclusive. Our next episode will be out in a week. Don't forget you can listen and watch the full episodes exclusively on Spotify. Spotify.